Welcome, Rad Talk Nation. Back at it again for another wonderful episode. Episode number 24 here. Got me and Gage. Also joining us are Chris and Jana again from Malone Healthcare. Today we're going to be talking about probably what everybody wants to hear about. Um, money, money, money. And so we're just going to be jumping in here. Uh, we're going to go through like a bunch of just bullet pointed questions and and chris and jan are going to line them up and knock them down for us and so i think we'll, i think yeah. we'll start out yeah welcome guys um i believe where we'll start is uh you know oh, i like of, your i like your cup i just saw that i never saw that. Is that a rat yeah, yeah. oh yeah. cool <laughs> yeah very nice right but everything for the brand do it for the brand <laughs> that's right that's right <laughs> all i got is this oh i yeah. don't have another i don't have more than one yeah i want you to like grab cups from all angles all different ways <laughs> like somebody like i want Jana to just kind of reach over and just and then chris just grab <laughs> a cup and it's just <laughs> um anyways so we'll go with uh so first thing i guess the first question would be is who sets these rates how do these rates exist uh where do they come from you know where do they go <laughs> so absolutely yeah um here's the thing at the end of the day at the bo bottom line facilities that's that's at the end of the that's what it is um so now that doesn't mean that they're they have the final say and uh that doesn't mean that there are sometimes room for negotiation on that. Now, it all depends on the facility and it all depends on the vendor you're working with. So let's take let's take a case of where you have a direct contract where you're not working through a vendor. That gives the agency more room to negotiate the bill rates. Um, some vendors allow you to bid and a lot of vendors don't allow you to do that. And typically my experience has been, they will just say no, if you ask for more. Mm -hmm. so they're, 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 they see themselves as protecting the facility, right? Gotcha. So, um, so if you bid, mm-hmm. Do you know, is it like a, like a blind bid? Like, um, Malone bids one number, X company bids another number, X company bids another number. And then, you know, does everybody know where everybody's bidding at or? No. <laughs> um, so, uh, here's, I'm going to give you two examples. All right? sure. Um, there is one vendor where you can bid and you will see what everyone has put in for. You will see exactly how many people have been submitted from different agencies, which agencies they've been submitted for, and uh, what they've put in for, right? Um, that is very helpful because here's the thing, and this is what I always tell travelers is we got to be careful about going above what they're asking bill rate is. Because if they've got like 15 submissions or five submissions, or they're going to be getting a lot of submissions and you go above everybody else, you're knocking yourself out of contention. Now, if you've got very few, if they're having trouble filling the job, you're in a better situation. It also depends on your experience and background, right? Uh, don't expect to, as my old boss used to say, don't expect to pay uh, Ford prices for a Ferrari, right? So you're in a much better position if you're a really experienced traveler, have a lot of experience, can do lots of stuff, 
then you know there's better chance for that. Um, now I have actually seen other cases where, for example, they will. Do, this is kind of crazy, but they will do an open rate where they just say just bid something. This is a different different agencies, but you don't know what other people are bidding. You have yeah. no clue, right? So that requires a recruiter who is experienced enough to know what's realistic and especially for to know your traveler well enough so that it's like, okay, I, you know, given your experience, how many years you've been doing this, what you can do. Rate is like a hundred and then you go in at one fifty. It's like, okay, that's not going to happen. You know? So you, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a dicey game. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's not a wish list, uh, a, a blank check type situation. It has to make sense. But um, um, yeah, I, t I guess just to maybe sum that up the way that I understand it, bidding changes the game and it's not always in the benefit of the traveler or the integrity of what we're trying to do to, to serve patients and, and keep those contracts um, in the hands of the best travelers with the most experience, you know? Yeah, I, I have a I have a quick story as well that uh, I was I took a travel job and I was in the interview process and the manager actually told me what the maximum bid rate that I could bid was that they would accept. And and then I went back to the company and had to tell the company, please bid this rate. And they were like, well, that's a lot higher than we we could. It probably wouldn't work for you. And I was like, well, the manager told me I could go this high and that they would accept it. And they were like, okay. And so that's what they bid. And then they accepted it, obviously. And so that was kind of a, a unique thing that the manager was like, mm -hmm. okay, look, the money is the issue for you. Like, this is as high as we can possibly go. That's, I was like, yeah. I that's, love that's, that. Yeah. Like, yeah. You're telling me like the maximum amount of money I can get. Like, I appreciate that. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's actually raises, like, raises another issue, especially, you know, if you're, let's say you're there or the manager really wants you. Uh, or even for an extension, um, they can advocate for you with the hospital, right? They don't have the final say sometimes. Sometimes they're not yours as yours was, but sometimes they can say, hey, I really want to keep this person. To get them to stay, we need this amount of money. Um, and they can go to their money people. Now, of course, the money people are the ones that are going to have the final say. So, But it's always good to have an advocate on the ground there um, because – the agencies have to work through those vendors. Yeah. Do, do we know who typically the money folks are at the hospital level? I mean, do we know, like, is it the, the, the CEO has to sign off on it, the president has to sign off on it? Like, who are those folks? Do we know that? That's a great question. Um, I, you know, I, I've got a little, little, just from experience, insider information about, you know, just it's, it's on the quarter system, right? And ho hospitals will set their budgets typically in July or January one that they set them in those meetings. So it's, you get financial execs, you've got, um, on occasion, I, I imagine HR, you know, executives are in those, it's all the upper level oh, echelon of the, of the hospital system. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, what it all boils down to is numbers, right? I mean, we, we want people to choose people in healthcare and, 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 you know, and good, you know, service and you know travelers and things along those lines but it, numbers are always at the bottom of, of most decisions um for sure still. yeah which makes sense so i guess the the answer would be probably all the c-suite people this the ceo the coo the 
Mm -hmm. um, CFO, chief financial officer, all those folks are, yeah. are probably making those numbers and then yeah. running with it. That makes that makes sense. So so okay, so we know who sets the bill rates. Um, I guess we could I talk about. Me, I have one question. Yeah, go mm -hmm. ahead. I don't know what the hell a bill rate is, so maybe explain <laughs> someone that's yeah. to like that's just yeah. starting. What what is a bill rate? What does that even mean? Great question. Yeah, that that's awesome. I I can run with that. So a bill rate is what we are allowed to bill the hospital per hour. So basically, the facilities are just saying we can contribute $90 an hour to this contract, assuming it's 36 or 40, 40 hours. They just, they get rid of all the fluff and um, you know how it breaks down for the individual traveler. That is what they're gonna pay. So 90 bucks an hour, you know, there might be, I, I, I don't check my math on this, 45 grand in that contract for those 13 weeks for that traveler. Um, the hospital doesn't want any part of what they're getting hourly or what they're getting taxed versus non-taxed bill rate is yeah. that's the that's the main big number so then we've talked about this off the off scenes or off camera you said there's forty-five thousand for 13 weeks and that includes that's for everything you know for you guys for the hospital for the traveler mm -hmm. so just to be blunt like why do you guys exist why would the traveler not just go to the hospital and say hey I, I'll work for you. Like then they could get, I don't know, 36,000 instead of 24,000 or whatever the difference is. Like why don't they cut out anytime there's a middleman involved, there's mm -hmm. someone's losing money. And in this case, it's probably, I don't know if it's a traveler or if it's you guys, somebody's losing money, but why would the traveler just not go and say, Hey, so yeah, that, I mean, part of the reason they do. So interestingly is when they give that bill rate, that sort of hourly rate, um, they don't have to worry about compliance costs, like to get the, the traveler embedded credentialed and make sure they get their drug tests, everything. That is something the, uh, the, the agency takes care of taxes, mm -hmm. okay. liability issue, you know, liability issues, uh, everything down the line. So it's very easy for the, the facilities. Like here's the money you worry about all the details. As far hmm. as so that's why, in, and you know, that is something as staff, right? If you're a staff person, then that's something that the hospital is responsible for, you know, paying, uh, you know, dealing with health insurance, all that sort of stuff. So this is a way where they just can, you know, give the money and then the agency has to worry about everything, <laughs> mm -hmm. right? Now, uh, if you are, if you say, "Hey, let me go to the hospital to do that," then you're going to have to be doing all the compliance costs. Uh, you know, you're going to be carrying that money. And something to keep in mind, Gage, is that you know that's money you're paying up front. So that is something the agencies are paying up front, the compliance costs and all that stuff before they see a dime. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. they don't see any of that money until the traveler actually starts working. Right. Mm -hmm. So think about how much out of pocket that would be and just, just the bureaucracy of trying to get yourself compliant and how much that's going to cost you to run background check, you know, hire somebody to do background checks, drug screens, all that stuff. Does, yeah. does that help? Yeah. Gotcha. Well, and, and what I think what Gage is probably thinking about here is um, why, man, it's, it's, so the hospitals do this for their own employees, you know, 
They, they have mm-hmm. this set up. We have a drug screening. If you apply for the hospital, they'll send you to a drug screen. I mean, even if the traveler, even if Dennis paid for it, if he knew he was going to still take home more than he would if you guys did it. Because I, I don't know how much yeah. all this stuff costs. But if Dennis is like, all right, I'll give you $3,000 up front if I'm going to make an extra $6,000 on the back end. Right. Yeah. That's kind of what I was thinking. Like, why doesn't the traveler yeah. just pay for it if it's yeah. going to work I think out? There's, there's, there's insurance sure. obligations, too. I know that the companies have was up to a million dollars insurance for the traveler. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's like there's that. a term, um, you know, when you hire someone, you take on their burden. Um, I, I have a hard time with that because it's telling, you know, that someone's a burden and they're really not. But that's that's the financial responsibility uh, and burden that you have whenever you hire somebody. And uh, Chris, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it's around 15 percent um, is is a, is a burden of of their employment, uh, meaning the unemployment insurance, you know, offering benefits, the whole nine, the whole the whole yeah. total compensation comes out of that. Um, yeah. But in, engaged, kind of dialing more directly to your question, um, the facilities are, are notoriously short staffed. It's not going anywhere. Everyone in their area is, you know, uh, where they're going to be. So there's there's just not a whole lot of workers. So you have to go and find those folks. You have to recruit them. Um, and for the facilities, they could absolutely recruit their own and you know and have those conversations direct and 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 i think some of them are trying to do that um you just need additional resources you need additional staffing to to fill those recruiting seats and you know and do that well um recruiting's hard guys um (laughs) it's uh you know it's it's not the easiest thing in the world but uh it's so I, i think the facilities of all kinds like chris said they just want to pay for it they just want someone to do it someone to do it well and just bring them the the, the text, you know. And, and honestly, I think that the more I dive into it, I think that all um, hospitals should probably just outsource the recruiting. I, I think they shouldn't even they shouldn't even recruit anybody for their own hospital because of of how poorly they do they do their own recruiting. <laughs> so I, I think that is probably the answer, honestly. Yeah. I think some um, may do it well, but uh, it's you have to have a, your dedicated department. And, and I, I think most facilities don't have those resources to, to get that in place. So yeah, I, I agree with you on that. Right. Okay. Dope. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's, if you're gonna, I have one, it's kind of off topic, but it's about sure. something that Chris said earlier. Yeah. Um, I don't remember if you said it was, and maybe Jana has experience with this, but uh, you said, Chris said someone was protecting the hospital, whether the agency or the vendor, they felt like they were protecting the hospital or the facility. So my question is, because um, my, my first experience with traveling was with Dennis, and there was a lot of animosity between the full-timers and Dennis, and the travelers. So my question mm-hmm. to you is, is traveling more expensive for the hospital than it would be to just hire a full-timer? Like, So are you really protecting the, the facility because you're, it's more expensive now to hire a traveler than it would be to hire somebody full-time or do the benefits that a full-timer gets out like does that kind of make up the cost so ultimately you know does a full-timer cost more than a traveler i guess is what i'm what i'm asking i i would say just from my perspective and chris i'd love to hear yours i would say it depends and in most cases probably not um those full-timers uh you have to match their 401ks you have to provide their benefits all this stuff pay their pto um, those employees come with a cost, right? Continued mm-hmm. training, you name it. Um, hourly to hourly or, you know, respectively, 
the travelers are going to take home more. The travelers are spending more to get to this job. But um, I think dollars. So you're saying you're saying the stuff on the back end is more expensive. So the fact that they don't have to give dentists Mm -hmm. benefits means they can pay him more salary and they end up saving money. So that's to me, I never understood why traveling exists. But now this this makes sense. other than like if you would just want to explore different areas. But financially, I was like, there has to be something that the hospital's saving money by hiring a traveler instead of someone who's full time. And it makes well, sense. It's, it's benefits and all that. Well, and the the travel companies offer benefits majority of the time, and the travel companies offer four hundred one k match benefits and insurance and all those things. But yeah, the hospital that's a burden that the hospital doesn't have to offer. So the travel companies taking that, but they're also it's part of the what we're going to get into is that that pie or that chart. Mm-hmm. Um, where everything comes out of that's why that that bill rate whatever that is you know the fictitious number being 100 100 bucks an hour or whatever it is so everything comes out of that pie Um, yeah and so and so yeah we pay you know they pay for the 401k we pay for your insurance we pay but really you're you're paying that by working because that's put into that rate already Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so yeah it's actually and, and jan and i were talking about this because it's 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 interesting because, you know, travelers or even staff might, you know, see the bill rate and they're like, oh, my God, I can't believe the hospital's paying this much money and look how much I'm getting hourly. Mm-hmm. But you got to look at, OK, what are they actually as staff investing in you? Mm-hmm. Right. What's the actual dollar amount besides your hourly that they're paying out? And Jana had this great experience. I mean, Jana can talk talk about this, where she worked for a company that was completely transparent about not just your hourly as staff, mm-hmm. but also everything else that they paid out. Right. You could. Yeah. yeah so. Jana- yeah, total compensation is what it what it is, and they would send out a statement. We we were uh, my former company. We were employee owners, so there was a, an unprecedented level of transparency when it came to that. Um, but yes, you have your salary, your base salary, your bonuses, whatever that might be, your hourly rate. But at the end of each year, they would send out your total compensation. So for round numbers, let's just say you make a hundred thousand dollars a year your total compensation might be closer to 145, you know, 140, something like that. So that kind of gives you, ah, you know, like I'm not just, you know, bringing in $100,000 a year. I'm actually being compensated on the the whole scale, everything included at 145, 150. So that just broadens a little bit of a horizon, little light light bulbs go off um, with that, I think. Right. Makes makes total sense. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. So yeah. Um, so okay. So does that, does that help? Does that help yeah, a little I, bit? I, I don't know. Yeah, I assumed it was something on the back end. That's, the hospital was saving money somewhere. I knew they they had to be. Yeah. But they wouldn't do it. I assumed well, I it was on the for, back end for benefits and stuff. So I think it's for the short term too. So you pay a premium. It's like it's like you know buying from buying from Costco, buying from one of these big box retailers that you're buying in bulk. But in this instance, I'm bu- you're buying this traveler's time for a short period mm-hmm. of time so they pay a premium because you don't you know i'm not i'm not expecting you to, to work with me for the next 30 years i'm expecting you to work with me for 13 weeks yeah and so i think you pay for that premium of a short amount of time whether you're you know sometimes you're just for you're filling in for a, a maternity leave or, mm-hmm. or, or or something like that as well it's not always just like you know the hospital's on fire and like we need people in here right now and <laughs> And yeah. so there's there's little things that just sometimes pop up that you just kind of need a quick fill. Um, yeah, in yeah. fact, 
I was just thinking about the maternity leave thing. And I imagine if like they were hiring somebody and then it's like, okay, now we got to get you compliant. We got to pay for all that. We got to get you insurance. We got to pay the taxes. And they're like for 13 weeks. Mm-hmm. It's like, let's, the let's have somebody else do it. Mm-hmm. We don't have to worry about it. Right, right, yeah. right. That's true. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and turnover is expensive. So if you know somebody's coming and going, so it's it's, it's expensive. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's go. Let's kind of shift gears. If, if anybody else has any questions, feel free to jump in. Stop me. Um, let's talk about the the packages, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. I guess some of the there's, you know, crisis rates, strike rates, high paying jobs, um, taxable mm-hmm. rates non-taxable per diem rates and this is one of those scenarios dennis has been doing this for so long he forgets start very basic i don't even break down <laughs> what is included in the pay package first okay oh okay so yeah this is great so um yeah okay so basically you know from that bill right and we can go down through you know the the layers that get kind of skived off i guess the word would be um but once you get you get sort of a dedicated amount of money for the traveler and everything that goes to the traveler comes from that bill rate. That's what generates the money. So, and remember it's akin to an hourly wage, that bill rate. So it's per hour that you actually work that the uh, agency can actually bill the facility. Mm -hmm. So it's usually, um, you know, either 40 hours or 36 hours, that's how they build the pay packages. They're assuming you're going to work 40 hours. They're assuming you're going to work 36 hours and they build the pay package off of that, looking at that bill rate and then taking out the money that they need to. And we could talk in detail about that. But then there's this dedicated amount of money for the traveler. And if you're taking a true travel contract, then there are two places that money can be diverted. One On one side, it's your hourly wage. And on the other side, it's the stipends, the travel stipends. So that would be housing stipends and meal stipends. So those are the two basic places that money can go. And there are only two basic rules that the agency uh, has to follow legally as how they move that money. On the one side, on your hourly, it is technically it's the minimum wage laws of the state you're working in. Right. Um, Now, that's a little misleading because we actually go and agencies will go with what the kind of median is for that specific specialty in that area, in that state. Because if you actually go below that, that might might sort of set off some little flags for the IRS. So you just, it's a way of protecting the traveler to go, you know, Mm -hmm. so you're going to go above minimum wage to go to, you know, basically you don't want to go below a certain amount of money, even though you're safe legally from a minimum wage perspective, just because you don't want to sort of have flags go off for the IRS and get audited. Um, Then, so you satisfy that. And then on the stipend side, there is a legally allowable maximum. So on the one side, there's a minimum, the other side, there's a maximum. We can't go above a maximum. And those maximums are set by the general services administration so the cool thing is they've got a website you can actually go look any traveler can go look and find what the maximums are for a given area okay so 
think about the engage this way, sort of picturesquely, I guess you could say, is you take that money, you sort of funnel it into your hourly until we satisfy the minimum wage or whatever of the state you're working in. Then we take the rest of the money, we move it over to the stipends until we've maxed the stipends out. And then for whatever's left over, that's still the travelers. So there's only one other main place that it can go that goes into your hourly. So we divert the rest into your hourly. And the important thing to know is, and I've seen some travelers uh, don't understand this, that money comes from the bill rate. And the, the stipends are simply a way that we designate it for tax purposes. It's just a different way of designated. And one's designated hourly, one's designated stipends. Does that help gauge? Yeah. So what's the point of having both? Do you get taxed less on the stipends than you do? Like, why not just max out my hourly? I'm assuming there's a tax advantage somewhere. It is. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so there are actually two advantages, one on the back end and the main ones on the front end. So stipends are non-taxable. You don't get tax on your stipends. So Gage, think about it this way. You could have two packages, let's say, I don't know, 3,000 gross weekly, right? In one, you actually are netting less than you are in the other because your, your stipends are higher in one than they are in, your, in the other. Your non-taxable is lower in one, higher in the other. So you can actually net more. So that's one thing I always tell travelers is, don't look at your hourly, look at your overall net, because that's where you're going to be making your money, right? I actually had a first time traveler once I was going through a pay package and he said to me, he said, um, he said, oh, that hourly seems kind of low. And I kind of laughed. I was like, don't, don't ever say that. <laughs> don't ever say that to recruit because if they're not being honest with you, they'll say, yeah, sure. Yeah. What do you want your hourly to be? And, you know, where's that going to gauge? Where's that going to come out of? Bill rate, yeah. It's going to come out of your stipends. So that means your oh, tax, yeah, yeah, yeah. non-taxable is going to go down because there's no other place for it to come out of. Yeah. I'm assuming the government sets those uh, stipend limits. Right? They do, yeah. That's yeah, why you can go. They want their yeah. money. So they set how much you can not be taxed on. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that's that's a GSA. So that's something I always recommend travelers go to the GSA, become familiar with it, because you can actually look and figure out what the maximum stipends are for a given area um, mm -hmm. and know whether you're actually getting the maximum stipends. And um, actually, the second I mentioned was the back end, what the benefit is. So there's also local contracts. So let's suppose you get a contract, 13-week contract, but you don't qualify for the stipends. And we can talk about when you qualify for the stipends. But let's suppose you don't qualify for the stipends. All that money's still there. It just gets diverted into your hourly. Now, there's a few problems with that is that on the back end, well, let's put it this way. On the stipends, not only do you not have to pay taxes on your stipends, guess who else doesn't have to pay taxes on them? Probably you guys or the hospital, mm -hmm. one of the two. Agency, the agency, right? <clears throat> yeah. But if it's all hourly, the agency is now paying taxes on everything. So that means that that money that's going to you is less mm -hmm. because they actually have to take out additional taxes on their end uh, for that. So it's actually to the benefit of the traveler and the agency to have as much non-taxable as possible. 
because there's more money for you there's more money for the agency right and that yeah. and that would only have to come out if there's income taxes in that particular state right um if you if you work in a state like new hampshire texas florida that has no state income tax i mean obviously there's federal income tax yeah but, um, mm -hmm. but no state income tax well i guess we're getting really specific with that yeah wow. well and just to touch on that briefly dennis we can we can give you we can give travelers a, an estimated gross we can give you an idea of a net but because of the different state taxes and how you may choose to do your taxes um you know and set them up on your i9 it's kind of hard to pinpoint that um you know what your what your net will be so that's where it's kind of important just to understand do you typically get 25% taken out of your your wages or I always calculate 30 just to just to stay on the safe side and be pleasantly surprised you know right. it's a, a little bit big, bigger than you thought but um yeah that makes sense yeah and, and for all the listeners out there I think the the quickest way to get to the the website that Chris is talking about if you go to Google and just type in GSA per diems um, it, it'll tell you that, that government website will pop up and and you can click that and then the per diems vary and and they vary from truly city to city. I mean, if you're in California and you're living in Los Angeles versus you're living in, you know, Merced or, or um, Delhi or some other, you know, random city in California, the the per diems can really change because it's based on your uh, your meals and incidentals and your your lodging. Yeah, is what you're, what you're really making that per diem for. And so, and kind of, I had a, I had a question about this, Chris. Um, I've worked with with companies, and um, you know, they said. Like you said, that you want to make sure that there's a minimum. And I know years ago, um, I know it was like, don't go below $19 an hour. Like max mm -hmm. out your your you know stipends, but don't go mm -hmm. below this certain random number. Is that like across all the states that you guys mm -hmm. are like, okay, we have to, you know, obviously because the minimum wage is, you know, from some states it's it's seven bucks an hour. From some states it's I don't know like fifteen dollars an hour. You know, if you're in Illinois or something. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. But, but uh, like, is it like, okay, this is the, you know, for uh, a nurse, is it also, does it vary from a nurse to, you know, a, a, a tech to a sonographer to a therapist? Um, yeah. You know, like, okay, for, you know, the nurse, this minimum for the nurse, this minimum for the therapist, this minimum from the, you know, uh, um, yeah. So, I mean, those are, those are my, my thoughts because I never know what my minimum should be i mean i want them all ma actually you know i want everything to be maximized but uh, uh i want um especially the mm -hmm. stipends because that's where you make you yeah. know that's where you can really make some money if you're able to to do it right but but yeah i guess that's my question is what is what are these minimums so yeah the quick answer to your question depends on the state and depends on the specialty okay. so i've seen okay. it differ you know like you know obviously california is going to be higher for the minimums, mm -hmm. whereas, uh, uh, you know, Missouri is going to be different. Texas mm -hmm. is different. Um, so, and mm -hmm. it also depends on what the specialty is, right? So, yeah, mm -hmm. it changes. It changes. Because yeah. um, I've seen, I've seen nurses like, um, yeah, you know, they're like, that's the quick answer. They, yeah, I've seen a nurse like they were, they're like, yeah, I'm making, you know, this was years ago, I'm making fifteen dollars an hour, you know, and now you're, you're like, wait a minute, you're making. They're, they paid you fifteen dollars an hour. Like I think they were maxing out the stipends, mm -hmm. and like this For is sure. what remained. I'm like, I'm like, I feel like that's kind of scary. Like that's it's that's uncomfortable. 
that's uncomfortably <laughs> low because like i mean now, i mean now this you know 2023 where you got different fast food chains that are paying 17 20 dollars an hour yeah um, and you have a nurse that's that's making that as well um, we uh our, our range that we see most often for radiology is anywhere between 18 and 20 and it's it's kind of based off the state our the calculator that we use it's all kind of built into the coding um uh -huh. like per state what it is um so it, for radiology it doesn't fluctuate much but if you if you get someone you know that isn't in that level of a, of a pay scale um I, what is it chris i think the lowest is is 15. um I'm not really sure. Um, yeah, I've seen 15 depending on the radiology state. a little bit. Yeah. yeah. But um yeah, 18 and 20 yeah. is where we where but yeah, we you just I mean it's just Yeah. And it that's really to protect the traveler because you don't want to get audited by the IRS. <laughs> I don't fun. want that call at the end of the year right. you got so, audited. Yeah, oh that's that's more about that. <laughs> yeah. To to yeah, and 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 so I think um yeah. Yeah, that's what that's that's what my I guess my thought. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, Dennis kind of talked about this. I'm assuming when we talked about the bill rate, we didn't. And talk also, about let me just mention. Go ahead. Go ahead, Chris. Oh, sorry. There was a bit of lag there. My apologies. No, the, uh, what I was just uh, going to say was um, there's only two scenarios where I scenarios where I can think of off the top of my head where that your stipends won't be maxed out or shouldn't be maxed out or can't be maxed out make that more complicated than it needed to be um so one is if that bill rate is fairly low right it just might be the case mm -hmm. that that amount of money that is dedicated for the traveler you satisfy the you know whatever the minimums are in your hourly and then you kick over the the rest to your stipends and there's just not enough money to max it out. Mm -hmm. That's, that's the one. Um, and obviously the, I mean, the other cases, what happens if you are going and looking at a state or city like San Francisco, where the maximum stipends are just amazing, you know, just super high, you know, the chances that you're going to have to be able to max out the stipends in certain areas, it becomes very difficult once you've satisfied the minimums on your hourly, right? Again, depending on the specialty that we're talking about. Yeah. So those are the, those are the cases where, you know, and I'm always upfront with them. It's like, I just don't have enough money to sort of max because, you know, it's in, it's in the agency's interest to maximize your stipends. Yeah. So financial interest. anyway. So those are the cases. And then you will also see if you go to the GSA, it's gsa.gov. If you go to that, you'll also see that, you know, they will break down, they won't break down the meals and incidentals per month. It's just one flat rate for the entire year. The fiscal year changes in October. So it changes in October. So October to September every year. And the meals and incidentals will be the same for the entire year. But in some areas, you will see that, well, what they do is they actually break down the maximum per day for housing per month. For the entire 12 months mm -hmm. sometimes it's the same across the board for all those months sometimes it varies sometimes it goes up for, for a few months then it'll go down for a few months then it'll go up for a few months so that's something also that that in, that 
introduces an additional complication, legal complication for the agencies mm -hmm. uh, when those change. So yeah. it's something to keep in mind. Yeah. Sorry, that so, was so long-winded. Long -winded, so, uh, long uh, yeah. Do you, do you have that question, Gage? Uh, I mean, you guys have pretty much answered it. We didn't talk about who sets the bill rate. I, it's obviously it's the hospital, but like we didn't talk about what goes into it. But I'm assuming it's like every other job. Just same with the GSA. It's probably cost of living. So you know, if you go to San Francisco, higher cost of living. I'm sure the stipends are allowed to be higher than if you go to mm -hmm. Podunk, Illinois. You know, like where I grew up, their stipends are going to be much lower. So I assume all of this exactly. is set by need and cost of living. Yeah, that's yeah. The, the that, stipends are the, the the bill rate doesn't always reflect kind of like what Chris was saying. Some sometimes these bill rates are in the trash. You know, it, it just doesn't make sense. It, you can't make ends meet as a traveler to go and and afford to go do it. So it's um, I, some of those, it's almost like they meant to put permanent position <laughs> on the, on the, on the post rather than travel. But, um, yeah, right. I am. Um, yeah. Big, big yeah. difference. So, so, okay. So I'm looking at, um, Los Angeles, just for an example, in, in, mm -hmm. um, December, 2023, it's 169, it says $169 mm -hmm. for, um, daily lodging mm -hmm. rate. And so. It, that, I, so that means they can pay up to $169 per day for lodging in Los Angeles. Is that what that would mean? Correct. Yes. Yeah. And, and, okay, and so as a traveler, I'm working 40 hours a week. How would I calculate to max out my lodging um, for that day? Like, how do I know that I'm getting the full $169 um, if I'm working 40 hours a week? What, what kind of math? Do I need to do times seven 169 times seven um yeah, yeah. and then you yeah. yeah um and then you would subsequently do the same for the meals um you know so you just add the basically you just add the uh, the meals and the uh, housing per day and multiply okay. times seven for seven days a week and then uh, that's 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 your max the max okay and then and then if i'm making you know I, I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out how would I know that yeah. I am maxed out. So if I uh, so if I do one the uh, 169 times seven and I get one thousand one hundred eighty five thousand dollars a month. Yeah. For just housing. Yeah. That doesn't include the meat. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you could put my my minimum at ten dollars an hour. I don't care. Like. That's 15, <laughs> so we're looking at that's fifteen thousand dollars over three months if you took a well, and, and what that what that's saying, Gage, is the government is saying of those fifteen thousand dollars, we're not going to tax that part of it. You know, yeah. um, like we're going to forgive the taxes on on that amount. Um, right. Yeah, it's it's significant. And then I'm looking at the meals and, and just for their same same calculations, looking at your meals and incidentals at um, seventy four dollars. Mm -hmm. And so I would take that seventy four then and multiply that by seven, and I'm looking at five hundred eighteen bucks. Mm -hmm. So we got one thousand one hundred and whatever, yeah, and then seven thousand dollars a month for meals and housing that's not yeah. taxed. Yeah, yes. Something like that. That's some, some good eat, good yes. eating and uh, good good sleeping. This is, this is a tangent, but this is why I tell people if you're going to do medicine, don't become a doctor. If you can make <laughs> rates like that, just I'm honest, don't do it. Uh, here's, the, here's the government. What? The government took what? so they're going to take so much money from me, you know, throughout the year. I make a lot, obviously, but they're going to take a ton. If you can make what is that, twenty one thousand dollars 
this is Los Angeles. That's the highest of the high. Right. But mm-hmm. I know they're not, I know these people, I know Dennis doesn't live in a $5,000 apartment. I know he's cutting yeah. that in half as cheap as he can make it living with <laughs> yeah. someone doing whatever. So here's, here's the thing though. It, let's just, let's just keep it in this example for Los Angeles. The bigger the city, the, the lower the bill rates are notoriously. Um, so you're not going to get as big of a bill rate or pay package in Los Angeles as you would if you went, you know, somewhere kind of middle of Oregon, you know, terrible example. But um, the bill rate has to support our ability to max out those stipends. Um, or- Oregon is of, a terrible example. Just want to point that I, out. I know, that was bad. <laughs> Oregon is just a terrible example all around, really. Yeah. Apologies to anybody for Yeah, <laughs> Oregon folks, yeah. we don't mean any harm. Ah. Um, but, I, but I think, I, I think so. Okay, so for me to max out, so I know it's you know, what is it, one thousand some a month for the lodging, it's five hundred mm-hmm. some a month for the meals and incidentals, and so I would calculate my hourly. How I would take that forty. I don't know because I know, and I know. Okay, now we're getting mm-hmm. into some deep stuff here, but. Um, mm-hmm. A blend. I know that's called a blended rate, right? The blended rate would yeah. be the, the taxables versus the stipends, the non-taxables. Mm-hmm. And so, how do I, you know, if, if my recruiting company says, "Okay, I've maxed out your um, your your per diems," how do mm-hmm. I know that they're telling me the truth? How do I do GSA. that? GSA. Okay, GSA. So, so, um, she can so check I that website. Say, yeah. Uh, GSA. And so I guess um, is there a website that tells you what the minimums are? So, you know, like the minimum uh, wage that they have to pay you at, you like know, assuming what? your stipends are mm-hmm. like that way, they're that's not a, overpaying your hourly, but not maxing out your stipends. That's a good question. I, we don't really use that. We, we have these, yeah, these buffers set in place. Yeah. yeah. Um, we, I, I mean, clearly, Recruiting companies question. have done their homework. Um, definitely ours has to keep these buffers in place. Um, and so we don't really harp on that because we're hoping to pay you more than that. We're hoping there's more in that pay package where we're going to, you know, increase that hourly rate um, after maxing out stipends. Um, but Dennis, back back to your your question. I, I, love, I love doing this with travelers just to kind of bring it home to them a little bit. I was chatting with a new traveler yesterday, kind of going mm-hmm. through this. The the easiest way <clears throat> to get your blended rate, grab the gross number that they're that they're quoting you or whatnot. So let's just say they're gonna say, hey, this this package you're gonna gross each week three thousand dollars. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm doing. Uh, let's just do. Let's stick with this Los Angeles. So we got yeah seventeen hundred uh, for the per diem. Yep. What what would I would I divide that by forty hours? to get a, a week that's how many hours i'm working and that would give me my hourly rate per diem wise so the uh what are you what are you wanting to figure out are you wanting to, to find your blended rate that yes you're yeah yeah i want to know like um you know because i know it's 1701 a week in los angeles for my per diem mm-hmm and and to find out how many what my hourly per diem would be. Oh yeah, just divide that by the hours that you plan to work. Um, okay. Thirty six or forty typically in radiology. Um, right. Okay. And go and go ahead. Go back to what you're. I'm sorry. 
I'm sure oh, we lost him. Yeah, um, you can go ahead and finish what you were going to say before that. Yeah, no, we can we can cruise through. So, yeah, I was just saying that the easiest way, to, I guess a good starting point to find um, out there, the, the blended rate is to take that gross number, which includes your per diem and your hourly, and divide that by the hours that you're going to work for that week. Typically, you're going to see something north of $50 an hour. Um, that's usually kind of how it shakes out. I mean, hopefully... The, the bigger the number that the better uh, but that's just a very super quick way to to start off saying okay if if i need to translate this in my brain to permanent positions which is what i've worked all my life how do i figure out what i would be making hourly uh, gross times or uh divided by the hours that you'd work for the week that's where you start um okay okay so so i would i just yeah. let me just just chime in one second as the oh sorry um, let me just chime in real quick was the blended rate is kind of maybe a nice just rough and ready rule just because oh sorry um it's just a rough and ready rule since we you know we're we're all kind of you know conditioned to think in terms of hourly wages mm -hmm. So it's it's a nice way of seeing that. But the per diems are not calculated hourly. That's very important to know. Those are per diems per day, right? So they are not an hourly wage. Um, and they we need to keep that in mind. That's just one mm -hmm. thing to keep in mind uh, as far as when you're doing those blended rates. Per diems are not calculated hourly. They're calculated per day. Interesting. Yeah. Cause that, that was, and I think that's one of the confusion things that I, a lot of other travelers ask me is they're like, okay, well I have this, this number, you know, just sticking with the Los Angeles example, I have mm -hmm. this number for my meals. I have this number for my lodging. How do I find out if the travel company's ripping me off and they're not maxing out my stipends? And you're like, and, and that was a big uh, constant question that I kept getting hit with. And because they're like, I feel like I'm not making as much as like they've taken some yeah. of my per diems. And that's the in, in a gauge. I know mm -hmm. you don't know. Like that's one of the things you don't want them. Like I would much rather you max out my per diems and give me less hourly. Um just to, yeah. to that's where you can make more money. Um and Dennis I, I think gosh largely when they run into that yeah, and companies aren't they're they're not holding your per diems back. There just isn't any more money in the in the bucket to add to those per diems. You know, if those per diems, let, let's just say we're sticking with LA, are mm. so high, mm -hmm. we, we'll never be able to satisfy them with that set bill rate that that the hospital mm -hmm. has chosen. So that's what um, so so the bill rate's not high enough. Correct. And I and I I think too, there's a huge misunderstanding where it leads to a lot of frustration. Per diems are not free like they do come out of your pay package it's not something that the government is saying hey dennis we're going to give you this amount of money just to add on to your to your income it right. it has to come from somewhere and it comes from that bill rate um so it's it's just it, it's whatever way you have to look at it everybody's going to be different and receive that that information differently but um, those per diems are not a weekly allowance from Uncle Sam, right? Saying, yeah, yeah, and I, and I and I think that I think that's I, I like the the transparency of the company because I feel like that would allow if you if the traveler knows the bill rate, then I have a better understanding of that. Like you said, 
you know, this money's not coming from nowhere. And so it's mm -hmm. coming from, you know, I've maxed out your bill rate as much as I can, given the pay package is only $3,000 a week. And so mm -hmm. I can't pay you more because this is, this is all they have given me. Yeah. Um, and, and unless you want your hourly to be $1 an hour and you know, your, your per diem is <laughs> maxed out, which is, which is going to raise a lot of red flags. You will um, be getting a letter in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can't do that. Yeah. Um, so, so that clears up, that clears up a lot. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I guess Chris or Jana, you guys can answer. I looked at, uh, I forgot what it was for LA, $169. I looked at where I did residency and it's only $107 for, mm -hmm. you know, cost of living or whatever the per diems are. Mm -hmm. So how did the, how did the, I guess, less desirable sites compete with a place like Los Angeles, where if you have like a 22, 24 year old, 25 year old kid that just wants to travel, obviously they're going to pick LA to go experience what LA is like versus the middle of nowhere, Illinois. So how do the, how do the smaller sites compete with, you know, the bigger sites for these kind of jobs? I, I would argue very well. Um, LA is expensive, you mm -hmm. know, I mean, to, to find housing, let's, let's throw in some real life situations. If you have a pet, extra good luck, you know, in LA and, and just finding something that, that you can afford um, for short term, things along those lines. Um, I, I would bet um, all my money that that bill rate is not going to support that maximum um, per diem that that could be. Um, and then the, the smaller places, the housing is way more affordable. Um, sometimes they're they're within driving distance of something really cool. State parks are a big hit for travelers, um, you know, just kind of things to do outdoorsy folks or whatnot. And uh, I guess it depends on what their reason for traveling is. If they want experiences, you know, if they want to go broke, they're not really in the mindset of saving for later in life yet. Um, or if they've got some financial goals that they're trying to meet. Um, or if they've got family, you know, 30 minutes from, you know, middle of nowhere, let's stick with, let's stick with, uh, uh, Oregon, you know, um, yeah. <laughs> it just kind of depends, but uh, Chris, what do you, what are your, what are your, what's your experience with, with that? Uh, it's kind of been, all, uh, quite different I'm, and not different, but I, I meant like different people. I mean, I've had, like, I had a traveler, actually a PT, he's from New York, just out of New York city. He wanted to go to, what was it? Uh, Wyoming. Like he wanted to go out and, you know, see the, 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 you know, the country really. So he wasn't in, you know, so it, it depends on the traveler. It's like some people want to be in urban areas. Some people don't, some people don't care. Um, so it all depends, you know, um, and you know, you're going to have people in California who are often travel just to take California, for example. So that want to stay within California. And so they know mm -hmm. that the state, they know how to get around as far as those areas go. And, you know, they can find housing. San Francisco's just, I mean, look at San Francisco. I mean, That's seriously, call up San Francisco rates. I saw yeah. just just two <laughs> days ago and I was like, oh, my God. Like 280 a day or something. It was like 333, wow. I think it was. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so, um, and one thing, uh, just to sort of um, something Gage said um, earlier is that housing, you know, the housing you're kind of 
to a certain extent at the mercy of the housing situation, wherever you're going to yeah. look, right, Dennis? Mm -hmm. I mean, but you want, I always say, you want something that is cheap, clean, and safe. Don't, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, so that's, you know, and to a certain extent, again, you're, you're, you're a little bit held, Dennis, you can say about this, but I mean, you're a little at the, uh, at the, the mercy of what the housing market is in the area you're going to, you don't have as much control over that, but you have control over your, your, your uh, meals and incidentals much mm. more so. So, you know, I think the base rate right now, the lowest is uh, actually for housing is that 107 mm -hmm. uh, a day. Six, so what's that? Uh, eight something. Six, but six, I think seven, the base, 713 yeah, a week. 713. So I think the, the base meal stipends now are four something. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's 413 and 740. Yeah, 413. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so think about that. That's four thirteen a week. That's, wow. you know, you can, I always joke. I was like, Hey, if I was making that kind of money, non-taxable just for food, you know, mm -hmm. as a single person don't have, you know, I'd be like, I'd be going out to the best restaurants and buying rounds of drinks for everybody. Uh, <laughs> you know, so that's true. Yeah. That's something that you can really control, you know, more so than the housing. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and I think, and, and, it's interesting, you know, if you go, you see a lot of places like, like now I've saw a friend of mine just took a job in uh, South Dakota, 3,200 bucks a week. Mm -hmm. And, and I mean, the housing's not as bad. Um, they can, and I think they're like trying to max out your stipends and a San Francisco where it's 280 right now, a dollar a day or whatever. Like it's, it's, it's probably the bill rate is, is maybe the same as it would be in South Dakota, but, yeah. um, or probably less, which is, which is kind of interesting that these States are like, you know, they're, you know, the state is probably this place in South Dakota is probably paying more than you would to go to Los Angeles. That's why, that's why I asked, because you don't realize I interviewed at a place in Dallas, a group in Dallas, you don't realize how much these places rely on their city mm -hmm. until you interview somewhere else. So yeah. where I'm at now, I make more uh, as a non-partner than the partners did in Dallas. Yeah. So you just don't realize how much a place like Los Angeles will rely on the fact that it's Los Angeles. Right. So you're going to get less money, your stipends, what, everything's just going to be less because they're like, oh, we're LA. Everybody wants to be here. So that's yeah. why I asked if you get, if there were, if these smaller hospitals were having to do things to try and compete with, you know, some of these other, like pay more money, you know, or whatever. Yeah. No, absolutely. Because, you know, I mean, here's an example. Florida is notorious for low bill rates. Mm -hmm. Why? No, oh, everybody wants to go Florida. there. You know, yeah. it's Florida. So, um, you know, and so as a result, a lot of people even in Florida look elsewhere, you know, as, as far as travelers go. So, uh, yeah, and, and you will see this vary sometimes year, uh, on a year or seasonal basis. You know, the warm, the warm states during the summer. Bill mm -hmm. rates all of a sudden interestingly go down, you know, um, <laughs> in the winters. Oh, where are the places where the bill rates come up? North Dakota. North Dakota. South Dakota. <laughs> you I was going to say, Dennis is probably about to deal with about, you know, 12 inches yeah. of snow. That's why. Yeah. 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 Cheap there. yeah. yeah. He, he was asking me, he's, he's from the South too. He was like, he was asking me, um, you know, should, oh, should I have, yeah, what, should I have snow tires or should I? And I was like, oh no. 
<laughs> it's like keep a oh, keep a, a case of water blankets yeah. and maybe a yeah, shovel. I was like, I was like, you gotta sleep at the hospital some days. I'm sure where you yeah. you can't leave the like you be prepared to do that. So yeah, yeah. you better have, you better have chains on the tires of your car. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think that's always funny. Well, somehow, um, looks like we're gonna have to get into this another diving deep of the money situation on the next episode because we've we're almost reached an hour. Oh wow. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I just, just noticed that. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of details. Yeah, we just scrapped scratched the surface on some of this stuff. So, it's... Well, and I think, and I think what really helps is is you know Gage being a complete outsider, mm -hmm. and and uh, we overthink these things that we things we don't think about anymore. Mm -hmm. And so him saying like, "Wait a minute, like yeah. explain this like thing to me because I don't get any of this," and you're like, "Oh yeah, that's right." Like. So it makes, yeah. makes total sense. I think it also, I mean, it clarifies a lot. If somebody tells me their bill rate is, I mean, their hourly is only $19 an hour, but they don't tell me that they're getting 21,000 not taxed on top of that. Like, so, you know, I'm sure some people look at their hourly and they kind of lie. And right. So I think it kind yeah. of helps to see that there are, you know, the mm -hmm. other side of you know, the housing stipend and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, for sure. For sure. But yeah. well, uh, well, I guess, uh, yeah, I guess we'll wrap this up and until, until next time, guys, um thanks for joining us and we'll see you guys next time yeah it was yeah, fun we'll do it again yeah, yeah for see sure you guys All right. Later.